This is Tommy Bowman, co-founding pastor of Mission Church and host of the Redefining Church podcast. The mission of this podcast is to guide local churches towards a movement of Jesus. This is Redefining Church. Well, hey guys, welcome to the launch of season two of the Redefining Church podcast. I am thrilled to be back and of course to have you back season one. I mean, it started with, I think, just my parents listening. And by the end of the season, we had a legitimate audience. So thank you so much to those of you who journeyed with me through season one. Uh, It ended three months ago, but feels like it ended three years ago. Uh, But it was a great first season. I couldn't be more excited about where we are going to journey toward during season two. Uh, The vision for this podcast is a movement of Jesus through your local church in our lifetime. And I believe God desires this. And I believe this podcast will guide you towards this. Uh, In season one, we began to look at the question, what happens when a tractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement, right? Like what if the best part of how we all collectively did church, right? This come and see model, this come and be model, and this go and be model, what if that all equaled to go and make, right? What if we took the best of how we do church uh, to become great commission churches? Redefining church is about going back to what Jesus started and what he commissioned. Uh, A movement of people empowered by his spirit to help other people find and follow him. That's what Redefining Church is all about. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to listen to season one, uh, I would make time and go back to listen to it. Uh, It is foundational to the mission of this podcast. And practically, it sets the table for what's coming up starting in this episode and in this entire season. So go back and check that out. Uh, and as always, thank you to those of you who have rated, reviewed, and, and you've subscribed. As I always say, the, the best thing you can do is if you know that one pastor or one church leader who could benefit from the podcast as a whole or a specific episode, it would mean a lot to me if you would share that with them. So thank you guys for being on this journey with me. 2020, right? Uh, it's been quite the year. And uh, it's not over. I don't know if you knew that, but 2020 is still not over. But if you're listening and if you're tuning in right now, I'll assume that means that you're still standing and you are still leading. And as I expressed in season one repeatedly, hopefully you did not miss out on this moment in history, this moment in your church's history to redefine church for movement. But it is September, which means that in America, it's, it's back to church time, except that back to church isn't back to church as we once knew it, right? But the ministry year of September through May, it's here, it's upon us, and hopefully you have some sort of plan to lead your church this fall. When it comes to your plan, uh, there's so many filters to be making your decision through, right? Add to that, there's so many different opinions about what your plan should be, and there has never been perhaps a more critical time for us to lead. So today, I wanna talk about three filters for your fall plan. Couple disclaimers up front. First, these are based on leading a church with a movement vision, right? A church where people are gathered for the sake of equipping to go and be 
the church, right? Go and be the church. You are the church, a, con a concept that has become very popular in 2020, which I think is great. Um, but this is for churches, and this content is for churches who like really are doing that. And not just it's on a wall or you say it, but I like to keep it real here. Like this is for churches that you really have a plan that you are working for movement. If that's not you, uh, this might not apply to you exactly. I think it'll be beneficial food for thought, but it might not apply to you. Second disclaimer is um, I want to talk about these three filters for your fall plan in a way that doesn't necessarily reveal missions plan because this is not about our plan. This is about the filters we're looking at and looking through to lead and to pastor through our fall plan. So we'll get into the three filters for your fall plan in just a moment because I want to just briefly hit on three filters that should not be near the top or in the top three of your list of filters. These are three filters that I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot, um, and they're important. I'm just not sure they're more important than the three I want to talk about today. And I feel like we as pastors and leaders have made these three a little bit too important. So let me talk about them really quickly. The first filter that shouldn't be in your top three when it comes to your fall plan is the past, okay? The past, even the recent past. This fall, regardless of what you want to do as a church, it cannot and it will not be what it was last fall and every fall before then. Uh, and no one is more saddened and even angry at times about that than me, okay? Trust me. Smaller crowds, uh, masks, awkward interactions, right? Like walking up to a person, are we hugging? Are we handshaking? Are we high-fiving? Knuckles? Are we doing the weird elbow tap? It's just weird. It's brutal. Um, we will get back and there will be a fall, like the fall at church that we used to have, right? That, that will be in our future. That's just not now. And I don't believe we can use our desire for the past uh, to delay a compelling plan to move forward now, right? We can't like want the past so much and miss it so much that we don't do nothing now. We got to mourn the loss of the past, even mourn the loss of, of last fall, trust a future that is bright and that is ahead of us while attacking the present with a deep fervor. The past, it, it can't be at the top of the list. The second one that is not for the top of the list is politics, okay, politics. I've seen too many churches, um, you know, both sides of the aisle uh, make politics like the tip of the spear, so to speak, when it comes to their voice, their stance, and ultimately their plan for the fall. I think this is unwise. I think it can be harmful. Um, I could do a full, like more thoughtful episode uh, on this, but unfortunately, touching politics, especially now, the, the risk is just far outweighs the reward. So I'm just going to sum it up like this, okay? Politics is a thing. It's not the thing, okay? The voices all around you would tell you it's the thing. It's a thing, okay? It's an important thing, but it's a thing. Don't use politics as your filter. And quickly, the third filter, not for the top of your list is this pandemic. That's right, this pandemic. Not for the top of your list of filters this fall. Now, like politics, it's a thing. It's not the thing. Is it a big thing? Yes. Is it the thing? No. Should it crack the top 10 of things to consider when creating a fall plan? Probably. Top three? Probably not. Probably not. You're probably wondering what the heck could be more critical than our past and what could be more critical than politics and definitely 
what could be more critical than this pandemic? Well, here it is. And I think it's actually so obvious that we've missed it. We've been tempted to miss it. Uh, but it is your people, okay? It's your people. Uh, last I checked, the church was in the people business, uh, helping people, leading people, guiding people. And it seems so obvious, but I believe uh, the people that we are leading, they're getting shoved back and down the list in place of some other things that have become, I think, more important. But we are pastors and we are leaders and we lead people. The church is people. And so the first filter for your fall plan uh, when it comes to people must be your people's reality, okay? Your people's reality. Uh, where are people at in the church across the country? And where are people at in your church? Barna Research has always been helpful. They've always provided helpful data to help us lead and make decisions. They've been really helpful throughout uh, this unpredictable 2020 and really giving church leaders a weekly picture of like where the church is at, what's the state of the church. And uh, as of the end of August, okay, just last week, the group of people saying faith is declining or diminishing in their life, that group of people has doubled from June to August, okay? Doubled. People of the church, right? The church is a community of faith. Now 23% of the church says they have a faith that is declining and diminishing. And I just think for us as pastors, if there's anything we should be posting on Facebook and alerting people about and talking about, it's this, that a quarter of the church over the past two months is grown to 23%, has a faith that is declining or diminishing. If that is true of the people of your church, and it probably is, no one's immune to this, what does your people's reality have to do with your fall plan? Is your plan actively combating that statistic or potentially leaving the door open for that statistic in your church to get worse? As plainly as I can put it, if you aren't doing something new and different and enhanced September through December, compared to what you did June through August, the faith declining numbers will continue to climb in your church. Now, what you do, that, that's up to you. But it is so critical now more than ever uh, that you bring something fresh, optimistic, and inspiring to your church this fall. Why? Because first, your people's reality. That's the first filter. The second thing when it comes to three filters for your fall plan and seeing it through the lens of people, uh, it's your people's readiness, okay? Your people's readiness. Ready for what? Well, this moment in the history of the church. And it speaks to the first filter, and this might be the most important thing that I say in this episode. I've been wrestling with this, convicted by this, also excited about this, talking to people about this. The reason faith is declining through this prolonged period of our church buildings being closed is because the church for decades has not prepared their people for a prolonged period of our church buildings being closed. So this is on us, right? This is on you. This is on the pastors, church leaders. This is on me. This is on us. And as I spoke to this in season one, it's all about the type of dependency that we are fostering amongst our people. Have our strategies left people church dependent or spirit dependent? Have our church strategies readied people for this moment or not? Because I can tell you how Barna's research would answer that. I'd say to a large degree, we have not readied them for this moment. We have domesticated our people 
with buildings and, and, and services and convenience. We've, we've domesticated them and now we've expected them to not only survive, but thrive in the wild. And they can't and they won't because they're not ready for it. Your plan as a church this fall must meet your people at the level that you readied them for, okay? Your plan must meet your people at the level that you readied them for. Once again, what you do, it's up to you. But you must meet people and lead your people from the place you readied them for. Why? Because that is where they are at. Their reality right now is directly related to what you readied them for. According to more of Barna's research, half of you churches out there, you're still doing online only options and half of you are doing some form of hybrid. That's great. What I'm asking is based on your people's reality and your people's readiness, what are you doing this fall to lead them and pastor them in ways you haven't up until this point? So first filter, one, people's reality. Second filter, people's readiness. And three, it's your people's receptivity, okay? Receptivity, what do I mean by that? Well, think of it this way. Think about people's posture, their physical posture, as you deliver the fall plan to your church. Now, you probably didn't gather your church all together uh, in a room. You, you probably did it online, but imagine if you can get your whole church in front of you, or maybe you, you just announced it, but, but imagine you could deliver the fall plan to your church in a room, and you could actually see them, and you can kind of, feel how they're feeling in the room. When the news of your fall plan hit or hits coming up, will their shoulders rise or will their shoulders sink? As they hear your fall plan and as they receive it, will they be tempted to lean in or to check out? Now, pleasing people and making everyone happy. That, that's never the goal. But there's a massive difference between pleasing your people and empowering your people. Is your fall plan empowering all of your people? I mean, just read the final words of Paul's letters. Um, his words, of course, were full of truth. Uh, they are words certainly to know, but think about how those words make you feel. Think about how those words that he wrote in his final exhortations in his letters made his reader feel, not only what they knew, but what they felt with his final words. Uh, think about reading those words in his letters uh, and what they do to your mental and physical, emotional and spiritual posture. Uh, some of them are, may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. Fight the good fight and, and take hold of this eternal life and so on. Your, your fall plan should strongly consider people's receptivity of it. You should be paying attention to having to sugarcoat your plan or dance around the language of it. If, if you're having to do that, perhaps it's because you're scared it's gonna cause people to kind of shrink back or to maybe lay down and even kind of feel like they're quitting. So think about people's receptivity to your plan. In leadership, we cannot underestimate how we leave people feeling. The leadership of your fall plan, it will leave a collective and long-term mark on your church. What is the mark your fall plan is leaving? Regardless of how you have led through 2020, you have lost people, right? People have gotten lost. That, that was unavoidable. In fact, the church was losing people before all this. My question is, in spite of all that's going on in politics and with this pandemic, 
how are we leading as the movement we actually are? If movement is what we are, how does that inform how we are showing up to lead and pastor our people to be movement? Where in even a time such as this, we could see faith increase. Uh, we could see people coming to faith in increasing ways, more now than ever before. What I do know about leaders uh, and about the church is that in a time like this, we can't lay down. Uh, we can't wait this out. We can't play defense. We've got to play offense. The church plays offense. Why? Because Jesus promised that the gates of hell won't prevail. So stop pretending that the church and your church is holding the gates, defending itself against all that is going on. Because the church isn't holding the gates. Our enemy is holding the gates. We are on offense and the gates will not prevail. Does that mean when it comes to your plan that you stay online only? Maybe. Does that mean that you begin to open your doors? Maybe. Uh, does that mean sending your people out into the neighborhood? Maybe. Don't aim to please everybody. Aim to lead everybody. The goal isn't maintain. The goal is movement. Your past as a church, it's a thing. It's not the thing. Politics, it's a thing. It's not the thing. And even COVID-19, it's a thing. It is not the thing. Your plan this fall should have the filters of your people's reality, your people's readiness, your people's receptivity. It should be about your people and how you're pastoring them and how you're leading them towards a movement of Jesus. In the next episode, just next week, I will give you a preview of our plan. Uh, you just heard some of how we decided and the filters in which we made our plan, uh, but we haven't cracked the code. Uh, humbly, we're trying to figure this out just like you with confident uncertainty. But I'll go over our plan with you guys next week. Um, until then, if you could rate, review, and subscribe. And like I said at the front end, if you know a church leader or a pastor who right now is working a plan or trying to develop a plan and you think this could be helpful for them, would you please send them a link to this episode? Appreciate you guys. Until next time, this is Redefining Church. Redefining Church.